Welcome to the Happy Pill Podcast. I'm Ursula Yerdun. In each episode, you're going to hear me share my story while offering information and resources while you continue on your journey of surpassing the effects of abuse and depression. I'm going to be doing some interviews with some very special guests who are going to share their journey and processes because my way is not the only way of healing. And the more information we have, the more we can share with one another. My hope is that you find love, inspiration, and purpose for your life. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining in. What I am going to be talking about in this episode is what is depression? Honestly, really, what is it? How do you know you have it? What are the symptoms? Does it feel like you're depressed? How do you even know? So I want to make this um, a simple podcast, a simple episode, and let's just look into the details of depression. So first of all, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the typical definition of depression. So this is me looking up at the Oxford English Dictionary, because of course they're like the go-to dictionary of all dictionaries. Actually, I have no idea if they're the go-to dictionary. I just know they're probably the most uh, formal. Sure, let's go with that word. Okay, so here is what they have for depression. And you know what? I'm going to try to, in my best English accent for you, to make it slightly more official. And cue the music. Okay, depression is a noun. Feelings of severe despondency and dejection. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's my Shakespearean accent coming through. I have no idea if I was in iambic pentameter. It doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> honestly. Okay, so I read that and I'm like, wow, what the hell does that mean? So here is another site that I'm going to, and it's called depressionhurts.ca. And I will be posting these on my website, so you can actually check them out then. Depression is not simply a temporary change in mood or sign of weakness. It is a real medical condition with many emotional, physical, behavioral, and cognitive symptoms. Okay, that's depression.ca. Or sorry, yeah, that's right, depressionhurts.ca. So now when I go into the American Psychiatric Association... Major depressive disorder is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Fortunately, it is also treatable. Wow, there's a definition that actually gives hope. That's amazing. Yay, thank you. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease a person's ability to function at work or home. Okay, so that one gives a little bit more definition into, into what depression really is. But for people like ourselves that are going through depression, sometimes a formal definition is not what we need because you're in the emotions of it. You're in the thoughts of it. So sometimes that's not always easy to recognize if you're actually depressed, if you're unaware of your emotions and your thoughts I was in a relationship in my early 30s, and it was becoming uncomfortable. Now, I couldn't understand the connection between the sexual abuse I had received and the depression that I was feeling because I did not realize that I was actually in depression. 
So once my intimate relationship was starting to become uncomfortable for me, what I was connecting to is why can I not relate to this person? Why can I not be the person that they want in an intimate setting? So I started to feel very heavy, very guilty, shameful, sad, um, and just upset and very low energy. So I decided one night to actually look on the internet for myself and look into what is depression because what have I got going on? I need to find answers to it. I just could not understand. And sure enough, once I started to look into the symptoms, wow, I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm checking off everything. Well, not everything. I shouldn't say everything. Sorry. I was checking off a lot of the symptoms of what depression was. And so I literally went, holy, I'm depressed. So I did end up, um, or I should say, we did end up um, ending our relationship at that time because I could not provide my partner what they needed. And I was not being fulfilled because I felt pressure. And the more pressure I felt, the sadder I got, the unhappier I felt. So when I started to look into uh, some of the symptoms and what I was relating to, I'm going to give a a bit of a general idea of of that. And so I am using these sites from depressionhurts.ca and from the psychiatry Org. So you can look up into multiple um, websites if you want to, to actually look into depression. Not every site is going to have all the information. So you have an opportunity to take a look and see what resonates for you. So I'm just highlighting these two for sure. So here is what depressionhurts.ca has to say about the emotional symptoms. And I do like that they break them down. They break them down into the emotional symptoms, the physical symptoms, behavioral symptoms, and cognitive symptoms. Because I think once you can break that down, you get a broader view of perhaps what you are currently going through. So the emotional symptoms are like constant sadness. And this is almost like a daily feeling. So I would put even the sadness into perhaps feeling hopelessness, if you have felt that. For myself, I've certainly felt hopelessness, and I've also felt unworthiness. And that's here's the next emotion that they talk about, is feeling of worthlessness or an excessive inappropriate guilt. So inappropriate guilt is the same as toxic guilt. And on my blog, I'm going to post this link by the Huffington Post, whether you choose to recognize them as a reliable source or not, that's up to you. But they do provide a very interesting story and example of what inappropriate guilt is. And so toxic guilt and inappropriate guilt is coming from a self-judgment of thinking that you've done something wrong, but really there was no actual wrongdoing. So that's where the toxic guilt comes from. So that's quite interesting. I had never heard of that before, but I certainly have had guilty feelings about things. Like I certainly did with my partner. I felt guilty that I could not provide them what they needed in an intimate setting. So perhaps that's what they mean by inappropriate because it's not my fault that I felt guilty. Um, My partner was aware of the abusive background that I had uh, experienced. The next emotion that they have are dark or suicidal thoughts. I've recognized it a few times in my life. First, when I was 16, then I got into certainly, I think, my early 40s. I had those those thoughts, and I'll get into that in, in later episodes once you got to get to know a little bit more of my story. Um, there's also loss of interest in, in your daily activities. So here's some physical symptoms, the low energy 
um, aches and pains, your body, what is it trying to tell you? You know, are you getting similar issues, uh, stomach issues? Oh, goodness, for me, I generally have, when I get depressed, my stomach is upset. Oh, it's terrible, actually. Also, insomnia. Goodness, I have had that. And the weight change, you betcha. So check me off on a lot of those. Behavioral symptoms, change in appetite. Well, for me, I've always had a sugar addiction. So when I'm feeling depressed, I certainly will load up on my sugar and certainly chocolate. That's really my my go-to source of, um, of needing energy and coping. My portion controls start to, well, it's not in control. It actually becomes out of control. You know, my plates are a little larger. Um, again, my sugar intake goes up. Okay, cognitive symptoms. So what they explain in here is depression can cause one to experience diminished ability to think or concentrate or cause one to demonstrate indecisiveness. Okay, let's just break that down into layman's terms, right? You get a little bit of foggy brain going on. You just can't focus on anything. I, that's what certainly happens to me. I can't focus. I feel like I can't even think properly. I'm not alert. It takes me time, uh, certainly when I'm waking up in the morning, to, to get activated and to be alert. And there's a lot of times, majority of the times throughout my, my years, is that I couldn't do that. So those are things to think about. Certainly the, the lack of focus, lack of energy, alertness, so here, um, okay, so here's what psychiatry.org has to say about depression symptoms. Feeling sad or having depressed mood. Absolutely. Loss of interest. Here we go again. Changes in appetite, sleeping problems, loss of energy. Um, again, your, the physical activity is, is going down. You're, you're sitting on the chair a lot more. Or for me, I'm laying on the couch and I'm Netflixing my face off. Yep. So there we go. So those are some of the symptoms that you may start to recognize or look into going, is that me? Do I have that? Am I thinking this way? Am I feeling this way? Perhaps you or someone you know is aware of this or they're noticing it in you or you're noticing it in someone. So this is a great resource to start looking into going, is this person depressed? Am I depressed? Right? Okay. So here's something about depression that I did not know and that it can be different from sadness. There's grief, there's sadness, uh, bereavement. I believe that sits in the grief category. And if you're grieving, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're depressed. And I didn't know this because going through grief and going through loss, I admit I have not had a lot of experience with that, but I've certainly had friends go through lots of passing of loved ones and coworkers. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be a loss of a person. It could be a loss of a job, a loss of a lifestyle, right? Something could have really shifted in your world where your lifestyle and what you knew and how you lived has shifted dramatically and suddenly. So you can have grief from that. I have grief from a lost childhood. This is something I discovered through talking with my therapist about that, wow, I'm actually in grief of my childhood and the fact that I didn't quite have one. So one thing to differentiate that they say here on these websites is that grief can come in waves, right? And I have seen this and I've witnessed this in friends um, and I just try and be supportive as I can for them. But, and they've talked about that. They talked about that some days that you're okay and then some days that they're not. But what makes it different than depression? And from what I'm understanding here and what I've been learning is that there's not a sense of hopelessness 
There's not a sense of unworthiness. Those things are still a part of a person, but they're just in a momentary state of sadness and deep sadness. So grief does not necessarily mean that you're depressed, but it can lead to depression if some of those symptoms that I just mentioned earlier start to play a factor. So I hope that gives you some identity and some clarification about what depression actually is. Depression is not gender biased. It does not care what gender you are. It does not care what race you are. Pain is pain. Suffering is suffering. So it's completely unbiased of anybody's lifestyle. So I'm hoping that these symptoms are a little clearer to you so that you can check in with yourself and recognize if you have experienced any of those symptoms and then what to do about them, how to make some improvements. I've got an episode coming up called A Million Little Steps, and I'll talk about that a little more about where to start. I'll share a little bit of my journey and how I've been feeling about certain emotions and then the steps I needed to take after that. So here are some extra triggers to be aware of when it comes to discovering if you have depression or not. And this is from Anthony William. He is known as the medical medium, and I've just been discovering him and his books and his work. And whether you believe in intuitive healing or not, his information that he's talking about with with triggers and with depression and how it affects the brain is very valuable and important. So I wanted to share this information with you. Okay, this is from Anthony William from his podcast called Heal from Depression Naturally from January 21st, 2016. So I'm just going to highlight some of his triggers. And these are triggers I hadn't really thought about, to be honest. One of the first things that he talks about is that there is usually something that has happened that will cause a trigger. And it's a shock to the brain, the actual physical brain. So one of the... um, One of the first triggers that he talks about is what's called the emotional blow or emotional blows. You may have more than one. And it's the shock of some kind of news and it can be quite devastating. Um, And what he talks about is that maybe someone says to you, hey, you need to sit down. I got to tell you something. So usually when that happens and sometimes it's like maybe it's like with a boss, uh, maybe it's your partner. Maybe it's someone from school, but there's some kind of news that's coming your way that's going to be an emotional blow. And that could be from a loved one passing. Maybe it's a parent telling a child, I need you to sit down. You know, grandpa passed away. It could be from a loved one. Maybe you found out that your soulmate is what he refers to as what your soulmate is no longer your soulmate. You know, maybe they're coming to you with uh, with facts that they want to get divorced or they're seeing somebody else, or perhaps you found out that someone was lying to you and that's a, a form of betrayal and betrayal can be very heavy to deal with. So those are some of the emotional blows that he talks about. And yeah, I'm trying to remember how many of those I've had. Nothing's coming through at the moment. Okay. I mean, I have had people cheat on me. Okay, that so there we go. There we go. I did have someone um, cheat on me. And, and I'm not going to go into the, the cheating part of it. Just remember feeling that I wasn't told the truth before something happened. That's what really gutted me. And it was real gut. It was, just, it was a shock to the system. I just feel completely barreled over. 
So some of the other triggers that Anthony talks about is chronic adrenal fatigue. Wow. So that's something certainly to check in with your doctor and do whatever kind of medical needs to look into. He also talks about viral infections. These are triggers that can lead to depression. Heavy metal toxicity. This is a huge one. And I've heard about this um, a lot. And when I was working with my healer, Olga, she had talked to me about the mercury and the heavy metals that I had had in my body. And this was when I was younger, I had to get fillings for the cavities that I had in my mouth. And at that time, they used um, essentially mercury, mercury and lead and steel to put the fillings in. So sometimes you will see people that have the darker or metal fillings in there. And so under her advisement, I went and I found a really wonderful dentist who removed them. Instead, I have now resin fillings, um, which is more porcelain based. Resin? Is resin porcelain? No, wait, porcelain was an option. Resin was something else. Basically, resin was affordable <laughs> for me. So I chose the resin option. So that's something to think about as well. Heavy metal toxicity, the pesticides, the herbicides, all of that kind of stuff that's in nature can also cause um, depression and affects the brain. So he also suggests that you can have a combination of these issues as well. Imagine having the chronic fatigue and then you get a cold and then you've got these mercury fillings in your mouth. And of course, we're dealing with uh, the foods and the pesticides, herbicides that we've got going on. And then someone dumps some heavy news on you. So... That's what he's talking about in his podcast. And I really just wanted to highlight those triggers as just some more information. He goes on into his, into his episode um, further on about how it affects the brain and how you can also heal it. He really goes to talk about food. There are certain foods that you can have like cilantro. I don't know. Who knows? It, to me, it tastes like soap. <laughs> so, you know, he talks about um, how important cilantro is. And greens, veggies, uh, I think, was it Corella? How Corella can help really cleanse and detoxify the body of heavy metals. I've even had my dentist and my doctors tell me that as well. I certainly hope you have found this very beneficial. I hope you find his information enlightening. And again, it's information. Take what you want, discard what you don't need. So if you have any thoughts or suggestions about other symptoms that you have experienced or you've recognized in someone else, please just drop me a line. Let's just share the information and help each other out. So now that I've given some clear definitions on what depression is and I've given some examples, some triggers, some highlights, what I'm going to share right now is what is depression to me? Because even with all of this information that I've presented to you, everyone is going to feel and take depression differently. We are all unique. We all have our own fingerprint. So what does that mean to me? Because as I wanted to share, I wanted to share my story. I didn't know that I was always depressed. <laughs> it's, 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 it kind of makes me laugh about it now because I have some awareness of it going, holy shit, I was always depressed and I didn't know it. But having that information gives me ammunition, knowing that I don't have to stay depressed. I don't have to keep feeling sad. And that's one, something that I always felt. I always felt sad. And I always felt that I should be punished. That was something that stuck with me for basically my, my whole life. Sorry, you're hearing these sounds because I'm moving the microphone. So for me, this sadness, this, this sadness, I always felt my entire life. I thought that that was normal. And I also felt every time that I was bad, 
or that I was wrong or I made a mistake. Like we all make freaking mistakes up the wazoo. It's how we learn. It's one of the greatest things, one of the greatest tools of how we learn. And for me, I always carried this, I don't, I don't, I don't have the proper word for it, but I always felt like I should be punished. And I don't recall when that happened. I just know that it was something that I always carried with me, that if I was wrong, if I made a mistake, if I said something wrong, if I did something wrong, and as kids and as teenagers and as young adults, and even as adults for Pete's sake, we're still going to make mistakes. But I have this deep sense of feeling that I'm supposed to be punished. And this comes from my abuse and also comes from the depression. Why do I have this sense of feeling like I should be punished? And this is something that I look into myself because this is a heavy guilt mechanism that keeps me in depression. I don't know if any of you have that or not. Um, it'd be interesting to know if you did. I, I'd love to hear from you and, and see if you've had those kind of triggers or symptoms or thoughts or behavioral patterns. And a lot of these behavioral patterns are not mine. This is just what I've been taught. So depression always felt very heavy to me that life is a struggle, that I have to grind my way through life, that in order for me to be happy, it's short-lived, so I have to enjoy it when I can, and that I'm always expecting the shoe to drop, or in my case, a boot. <laughs> always thinking and feeling that when something good happens, there's this expectation that it's not meant to last, and that something negative and heavy is going to happen. So I was always projecting that, because my world is based on depression. That's the vibration and the frequency that I have lived by. And now I am learning through lots of reading and meditating and talking about things that that is not the case. I don't have to have one good thing happen and then expect 20, 30, 40, 50 terrible things to happen. When something good happens, I don't have to expect that my natural behavioral pattern is to go back into depression because that's the way that life is supposed to be. No, it's not. And my truth is, I am tired of being so tired. I'm. Does anybody else have that? Do you feel like you're just so exhausted? I, I go to sleep and I wake up and I am exhausted. And that just stays through the whole day. And then I go to bed again and guess what? I'm exhausted. Yep. <laughs> and then I repeat it again the next day. So for me, depression is exhausting. It is exhausting. And I continue to work on it. I, I, what do I do? I, every night before I'm going to bed, I'll put out some gratitude. What am I grateful for, for that day? Even when I've had terrible things happen in the end. Oh, okay. You know what? Maybe not terrible, but maybe I've had some, some things in the day that just didn't make me feel good. You know, and I tried to look at that with, what am I meant to learn there? Can I learn something from this? What can I do with it? So I go to bed feeling grateful going, I've got this bed that I can lay on. My body, I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful that I can move, that I've got some flexibility. I'm working on making it more flexible because I can't lie, I'm actually pretty stiff. Yeah, it doesn't help that I was in a car accident just recently, but even that was a sign going, okay, Ursula, what do I need to do? Slow down, focus, pay attention, be alert, right? Increase my awareness. And so when I can recognize that, I go, okay, Instead of going into the depression, because of course I felt guilty, 
absolutely. <laughs> feel guilty, feel terrible. So then I just slow down. And then I feel grateful for slowing down. Because one thing that I need to do for myself is I have to be very active in my depression. I need to be aware of it and I can feel it. So as soon as I start to go down, and I have that in a couple of weeks, I mean, I'm still on the happy pill for Pete's sake. You know, this is not a lifetime goal, but you know, this is still where I'm at. I'm still on the happy pill. Happy pill. I talked to my doctor about it. We increased the dosage temporarily to see if I can get myself out of this place. Now, I also suffer with, um, and I don't want to use the word suffer because that makes it sound permanent. So I am challenged with seasonal affective disorder. And for people who live in Canada, when it's darker, a lot of the times during the winter months, it's very common because we're not getting a lot of vitamin D. So I take my vitamin D, I take my vitamin B, and I still find that the first three months, January, February, March, can be very heavy months for me. I've noticed that. And so now that I've got some awareness to it, I look at maybe altering my vacation days. Can I take more vacation during that time so that I'm being proactive during those heavier months, you know, I'm upping my vitamin D, I'm getting out into the sun more, increase my activity. So now that I'm aware of my depression in that seasonal, in that season, um, I can do something more about it. I've also felt lots of hopelessness. I have felt many times and have thought, um, truthfully, I have thought of suicide many times. And it's not because I want to die, but I want the pain to die. I want the suffering to end because I, again, I'm so tired of suffering. I'm so tired of the pain. I'm so tired of the hurt, but I don't want to end my life. My life is here for a purpose and I can feel it. I just know it. But sometimes I get lost in the depression. And I think, okay, I'm here. I'm here for something. I'm here for something right? It's the pain that I want to end. Okay. So that's good. That's honestly a a good sign. And I've talked with friends and I've talked with therapists and stuff like that, because having an open conversation brings in awareness. And again, I'm always, you're going to hear me keep talking about it. It's about awareness. So now that I'm aware that I want the pain to end, this is when I become very active and going, what makes me feel good? And then I start building from there and it can be very small. I love going to the movies. I love going to the movies. I don't even have to go with a friend. I can go with a friend if I want to. But honestly, if I can have a row to myself, if I go to a matinee, um, you know, I'm okay with that. And I'm a big geek. Honestly, I'm just a big nerd. So I'm, I'm loving all the, you know, the superhero films and, and stuff like that, because I love it. I just, I love it. There's a, that's that geeky side of me and I'm okay. It's like a special treat. For myself. And then I feel good. I feel, yes, this is what I like to do. And I love bike riding. Just in, on my cruiser bike, I don't need like a 10, 20, 24 speed, you know, one of those road bikes and zipping down the road. No, no. Oh my gosh, people. I have a seven speed and I'm honestly looking at making it into an e-bike because I'm like, oh, even just a little bit of a hill, I could use some help with that. <laughs> So I love biking. I just love that freedom. I love just sitting upright and I'm observing the trees that are that are passing me. Just a little slight breeze, not a big breeze because I get sensitive ears. <laughs> so just a nice soft breeze as I'm as I'm riding my bike. And these are very cost-effective things for me to do. Nature is very cost-effective for me. And then so when 
I'm in the depression, when I'm in some sadness, I need to kick up my proactive abilities. I need to acknowledge the the sadness and the depression and go, okay, you're here, you're telling me something, this is what I feel right now, instead of harping on myself, right? Because that's what I do. I end up, you know, coming down hard on myself. Oh, it's about me, right? It's It's always about me. You know, it's my fault. It's 100% my fault, which, you know, a lot of the times it's not, right? You may find that for yourself. Are you 100% at fault for something? No, but we take it on as it's our fault. So this is something I've become aware of. Wait a minute. How much of that is actually mine? Not that much? Okay, good. You know, and I work on it from there. So it's, it's a condition that I continue to work through and I've gotten better at it. But it, it's taken me, but it's taken me many years to do this, and it's taken me many episodes, many, you know, moments and conversations and readings, anything, anything that I can do. It it takes time, and the one thing that I have right now, and thankful I'm still alive and I'm healthy, is that I have the time. So take the time, and now I do. Now I take the time. I'm loving meditation, even though I can't do it all the time. When I do do it, I do feel good. And you'll hear me talk about that as well. So as I go through these episodes, I'll probably get into more of, oh, yeah, I remember this is how I felt about that. You know, and this is what I did in this situation. And oh, my goodness, that I recall that. So I'm not going to mention everything in this one episode, but it'll come through in multiple episodes. And this one was really based on information. This is information, what is depression, and how you can start to recognize some symptoms and triggers and find your way through it. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or someone you know is in immediate need of help, please contact your local authorities, distress center, or professional care provider. If you'd like more information on this episode or other topics, go to my website, UrsulaYou're done.com.